0: Hey, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about how to create a customer success team from zero to hero. Today, I have Claire O'Regan, all the way from London, to share how she built her customer success team with only one junior team member who did support. And within 18 months, she was able to not only set up a team, reduce churn, create first value delivered from one year to 14 days and win two customer success awards. Claire, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to dive into all the details to share. How did you do it? Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to to speaking as well today. Awesome. All right, guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. Thanks for coming back. So as I mentioned, regardless of building the team from scratch, Claire was able to establish such a great culture for her team that she's got multiple five-star reviews on Glassdoor from her team members, as well as e-employee NPS score of 94. uh, And for a startup, it's fairly unheard of. Claire, I'm just putting myself in your position. You come to a brand new company. If my calculations are correct, it's at the onset of the pandemic.
1: When were you interviewed? Was it around February, March of 2020? Yes, I was. Exactly. I, I interviewed in person in February of 2020, but my first day with the company was the first day of lockdown in the UK. So although I did get to meet some of my colleagues in the interview process, unfortunately, I did spend the first 18 months or so in lockdown away from them doing everything remotely, which added a lot of extra challenges to what was already a, like a pretty exciting new challenge to take on growing a CS function from scratch at a series A startup.
0: Yeah, it's series A. And to remind everyone, I mean, right now we're all like so used to work remote, but back then it wasn't that common. And so a lot of times we were reliant on building a team culture by coming to the office every day. Was this a concern for you as those shutdowns started to unfold and you were thinking to yourself, "Oh my gosh, I need to build a team. How am I going to do this?"
1: Yeah, for sure i I would say it was a a concern for myself personally and for that challenge of of building a team in in this quite new environment. Luckily, I did have some previous experience of of working remotely. my uh previous startup experience had been with a, an organization that had a very progressive remote working policy and was focused on hiring the right person first and then would look at geography as a second uh, criteria. So I was lucky that I had things like a home setup up and I had seen some great people and talent teams running that side of an organization where remote first was the starting point. But I will say that uh, it did present its own unique set of challenges when I did go to start hiring. The first couple of months I was getting my feet on in the door and I was getting used to the customers that were already on our portfolio and getting to know the team. But when I did start to hire, that entire interview process was on Zoom, which is the first time that I had done that from scratch. And I hired my first three team members without meeting them in person, just entirely over over Zoom. So I had a lot of support from our people and talent team to make sure we did that properly. And focused a lot on building onboarding and a team culture that would work in a remote first world. So focused a lot on highly scheduled onboarding for the first few weeks that all took place in Zoom sessions. And made sure they introduced quite a lot of social or non-work contacts that also happened remotely and through Zoom. So it wasn't all work and no play. We made sure that we also got to know each other in the process. Before we dive into the new employee
0: onboarding process, which I know is very critical, you mentioned before... And in your judge entry for the Customer Success Excellence Awards for EMEA 2022, and in some other interviews that you've done, for example, the Women in Customer Success podcast, which I highly recommend listening, Mm -hmm. is that you're very passionate about building a culture. And I think that was a big component in potentially getting to this higher NPS score. How did you gauge for a cultural fit in remote interviewing?
1: really good question and and I would agree with the premise that building a, a culture was important for me from day one. A large part of the reason I chose to join the company I did was because I could see there was a strong sense of culture there already, but also the company was very early days and I wanted to have an impact or be one of those people who helped to build the culture further. There were a number of ways in which we we tried to make sure that good culture fit and good value fit was part of our onboarding and even interview process. One really practical way that I like to do this or that we like to do it at Juro is to really clearly document what our values are and be very clear internally, but also externally on what we want to represent and what our actions should be speaking about us. So there are four Juro company values and they're they're publicized on our careers page. We go into a lot of detail on exactly what it means to Mm. exemplify the value of a strive to deliver, for example. And while that information is very clearly depicted on our website, we also use those values for structuring our interview criteria and our interview questions. So whether someone demonstrates the value of love the details is something that we'll ask, we'll test for. In our interviews, by asking questions about their data-driven processes or whether they're results-driven, and like really key on concentrating on on the minute details of of the work they're delivering. So, and we do try to ask these questions throughout the process. But in every interview process that I've run, we do have a standalone interview which is only value fit. So, in this interview, it'll typically be somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes and the candidate will meet some of their peers and their peers will ask them questions that are not to do with their professional background or the numbers that they've delivered. They're to do with their the values that they display in their work lives and non-work lives. An example of a question would be, what's a skill that you want to get better at? Tell me how you have tried to get better at that in the past year or two and how do you plan on like working on yourself in that way to get to know people a little bit more. So at every stage, I would say we we look for that value fit.
0: All right. So you pick you pick your three. By the way, how big is your team now?
1: I have nine folks who report to me in, in customer success right now. This has come from beginnings, as you mentioned, of, of just one person who was in place when I joined. Largely, that person was delivering support, and we didn't really have a structured approach to onboarding or... life cycle management or renewals. Now we have a team of nine or ten, five of whom are customer success managers who manage the relationship pretty traditionally, whether it's a tech touch model or an enterprise model or somewhere in the mid-tier. We have five of them. And then the rest of the team is split between support and implementation. So legal engineers who are very deep in product knowledge and they run onboarding and implementation. And also integration projects with the team. So half business contacts, half technical.
0: Yeah, that's a great concept. And so they I bet they work very well together because you've been getting some really awesome reviews on Glassdoor from your team. So you hire the three team members. What do you do immediately to onboarding them? You you mentioned you established a process. Was that process established as you were interviewing them or just beforehand? What are your thoughts at this moment as you're interviewing? Oh my gosh, you know.
1: So something I've seen work well at at other startups, and it also works really well at Joro, is designing a 90-day plan for any new joiner to the business. Particularly, I find this really helpful in customer success. So before a candidate begins their first day, they will have had access to all of the value materials that I talked about and quite a lot of detail in their role description. But, what we agree on in their first week is a, a role mission and outcomes, mm-hmm. which go into a bit more detail on how that role is going to contribute to company okrs. And then we agree on a ninety day plan, which is a structured onboarding plan for that candidate to be successful in their role. Usually, I'll start them off with a with a standard set of tasks that we would expect someone to complete in this role in 90 days, but it's a living document. We use Notion for like an internal wiki and sharing. So Mm -hmm. the candidate and I will add or take away items so that they have a custom onboarding plan. And that's really the Bible that we keep coming back to for their probation period and for their first three months so that we're making sure that they're set up for success and making sure they're delivering to the high standards
0: that we have. Do you have like a high-level framework of how the onboarding plan looks
1: like that you might be able to share? I do, I do, definitely. I would say at a high level, I would split the 90-day plan into into three sections. In the first 30 days, the, the, the new hire is really learning. It's really an absorbing time where they're getting familiar with all of our internal processes, with our customer base, with our tools, all that kind of stuff. By 60 days, the new employee is taking ownership So by 60 days, they will be owning a good portion of their portfolio of the customers that they're going to own. They will be taking ownership over conversations. They should be leading on calls by that point Mm -hmm. instead of observing, which would be at the beginning. And then the kind of 60 to 90 day framework I would see as contributing. So by the time someone gets to 90 days, they're contributing to the team's overall OKRs. They're generating expansion leads. They're handling the renewals for their customers themselves. Um, in general, I would see those three phases.
0: So it sounds like do they receive their first account that they can handle after three four weeks or sooner?
1: Yes, I would say so. I, I would say we will we will discuss the appropriate time for full ownership, depending on the CSM. I guess because I'm speaking about a relatively small team with a very wide spread of long tail customers and high spending enterprise customers, mm-hmm. there's not a one size fits all approach. So, for example, taking over enterprise customers, I really want to make sure that's a smooth process and that can yeah. take long.
0: A few weeks that might take 60 days, but in the first few weeks, maybe the week number one, they study the product, the processes you have, they get a hangout around like terminology. What happens in week three, four? Are they getting assigned like tasks that relate to deliverable for the long tail?
1: Yes, so I would see at about week three or four. New hires would be moving from that absorbing learning phase into a taking an ownership approach. So in your example, I would see the the CSM moving away from shadowing quarterly business reviews with their clients and instead taking the lead, delivering that content. Probably I would be sure to keep like a senior sponsor or the previous customer success manager as a shadow on the call. But the focus has moved from the new hire as shadowing to the new hire as leading with the, the senior member then shadowing. So
0: Claire, I want to ask you, because this is a unique situation where you actually grew the team from practically zero customer success managers to now having a nine team member type of team. And so when the first three hires joined, did you already have this
1: New CSM onboarding programming place. Yes, I would say for the most part, we did. I worked very closely with our people and talent team at the beginning for our first hire to structure the bones that is still there today. So the 90 day plan, agreeing on deliverables and working towards them. These factors have always been there, but it's definitely a like a work in progress. So we'll always be experimenting with the best ways to onboard teammates. Would we'll be experimenting with the most useful sessions to run in the very beginning versus after 30 days when they're a little bit more familiar. One piece that we have developed as we've grown more as a company. Previously, I would meet every new hire from all teams across the business, speak to them about what customer success is and how their role can relate to my team. How we can help them, or how we can help each other. It's not scalable when you're hiring at the at the rate that Juro is. So instead, we've switched to a, a slightly more scalable model where once per month, I hold an introduction to customer success for all the new hires in the business that have come on board. Yeah, and each head of business, each head of department, does this. So our head of sales, our head of like content and community, our design and engineering. Each leader will give an intro so that there's a good understanding of roles across the business, not just siloed information. So that's something we have realized is important as we're growing at the speed we are.
0: So Claire, you have those three new individuals as CSMs. You're onboarding them. They started owning accounts. i got to commend you because I've worked with startups before on customer success and hiring the new CSM, and they just... All they're concerned about is just getting that person hired and then throwing them in the deep water. It seems like you have a little bit more of a structured approach. Do you think that was the main reason for getting the ENPS score as high as it is? Or are there other things you've done that you feel like contributed to that? And then we can benchmark against what other startups typically do or don't do in mm-hmm. connotation with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I would say is the rate of growth that our customer base has gone through Mm -hmm. at times was not matched perfectly by hiring. So I think there have been times where I've hired maybe with the curve or slightly after the curve. And that can lead to some of what you're describing where uh, someone is hired and they're just given responsibility. And it, it can be a little intimidating. So something I do try to learn from is making sure that team members are given the tools that they need to succeed and given a rollout plan that's not super intense, super quickly, or doesn't oversubscribe them as our customer base grows. So I would say we've we've hopefully made some good decisions, but there are times when it's not perfect and we try to learn from that process as
0: well. If I surveyed your your customer success managers, those five, five team members that you have right now that are just doing customer success, and I asked them, What do you like the most about working at Juro or working as a customer success manager? And what do you like most about your team? What do you think that they would
1: say? One value that came up quite a lot was the strive to deliver value. So this means that Juro has a culture of autonomy and of trust. Mm -hmm. So I like the CEO who I report to directly gives me ownership over things like net dollar retention and and these numbers. And I have the autonomy to deliver on those in the best way that I see fit. Mm. Similarly, the customer success managers and legal engineers who are on my team, they do have very clear targets. And there's a lot of playbooks on how to get there but they are also trusted to deliver for their customers and help their customers get to value in the best way possible. So something we do see cited is a good level of support, but also the trust and the freedom to run your day or to or to tackle situations with a little bit of creativity, which is something that the, the team appreciates.
0: I think that level of support is very important. And from what I've noticed and like read about you and how you manage the team, it sounds like first of all, you have these Slack channels that you enabled for your team so that they can communicate with one another and have that sense of the support, even when they work remotely. That seems to be a huge success for your team
1: and we love Slack. We do. Yeah, I have too many Slack channels and I'm sure my team would say the same, but uh, at the same time, it's it's a really great connection tool for, for everybody.
0: I also read that one of the first things that you've done is created that onboarding process, not just for your employees, but actually for your customers. Mm-hmm. Like Before it was just, I feel like it was just something that the customer controlled. And so, you know, the whole process took a year and then if the customer designs it, the value might be achieved, like the first value delivered, might take a few months. I think you came in and you said, "No, we can't wait for that long before they get first value," and you actually cut it short to fourteen days. Mm. Want to tell me a little bit about that and that? How does that translate to your basically uh, approach around creating processes, defining, you know, the policies for how we're doing things? I think that translated a lot for your employees as well to feel comfortable that they they know what is expected of them.
1: I think so. Tackling onboarding was one of the first areas that I focused on when I when I joined the business. To give you an idea of the rate of change, I joined the business and there were about 30 to 40 paying customers on our platform. We didn't really have like a CRM that we would use, Salesforce was in place, but we didn't have anything configured for the customer success side. And there was no formal onboarding in terms of customer interaction. We certainly had an attitude of do whatever it takes for the customer. And we were spending a lot of time enabling, but there was no formalized process with Target dates that trainings should happen on, for example, or just just thinking through at that level. So, and and we have moved from there to a point now where we have close to three hundred paying customers. Wow. So it's about a ten x in in two and a half years, combined with the growth in the team to to now ten or so. So there really needed to be a a structured onboarding thought process happen, and from a B two B SaaS point of view. We know that if onboarding phase, if the onboarding phase is not successful, or we don't have a successful launch with a customer who purchases a new platform for these processes, if that launch doesn't happen successfully within quite a tight window of time, the odds of failure to launch, the odds of issues down the line are greatly increased. So we did focus very heavily on that at the
0: beginning. I think you're right. What I think is beyond just setting up a new onboarding framework that gives the CSM a sense that they can achieve value to customers much faster. Mm-hmm. I think you, the fact that you are process oriented and do like to optimize things and reduce wastage is huge for your team. I think that's that would be one of the things that I hear a lot of customer success Team managers saying, you know, we don't have that for our team and we're not efficient. We can't scale this way. And so, kudos for you to actually tackling them. And I think that's part of why the ENPS score is high, because we know that employees that work for companies that don't have processes defined, that don't have the right set of tools, they don't have an optimized framework. They feel like they spend their time trying to swim up a river with a, a teaspoon and a little boat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know? So I think that's part of it. It's part of the fact that you are the way you're wired. You you offer them the communication and support. You define the role description very well. You communicate it to other team members So even that thing that you said that you meet with new employees and you explain to them what customer success is and how they can collaborate, that in and of itself, I don't know how many times I had clients that came to me and said, we're siloed. Nobody in the organization understands what we do. Well, there's things that you can do about that. So you sort of like mitigated a lot of these risks by having a proactive approach as a team manager.
1: I think so. I would agree with that. And, and I do hear those types of phrases used about, about customer success all the time. I would say it is possible to scale CS so yes, and it is possible to, to measure it in a lot of ways. It can be a little bit daunting at the beginning. My advice is definitely start with the basics, start with onboarding, think about how you want the process to work. Once you've got that sorted, then think about how you'd like the lifecycle stages to be laid out for your customers. There's probably some data to be drawn on for previous customers, customers that have already been around for a while. So look at what works and what doesn't. And an approach that I always find very useful is to take things in three stages. First stage is is to design the process, document what you want the process to be. Think about the ideal steps. Number two is the people element. So that could be hiring, but it could also be training. Make sure you've got your process right and then train the person very thoroughly on how to deliver the perfect onboarding or the perfect renewal. And then number three is tooling. I think sometimes we rush to tooling too quickly, but if you've got a Word document or like a Google document that's got all the steps laid out, this is really good for a first step. And then building the people and then building the tooling as a third setup for that is a very sensible way to approach it.
0: And just to clarify, after you have designed all these processes, you probably have them in Google Docs or whatnot. But now it sounds like you have a customer success knowledge base where you post all these processes and have these templates accessible to everyone.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. Don't be afraid of Google Docs as like a first step. You just want to get things on paper, get them written. But having centralized playbooks is a resource that I found incredibly valuable. So whether that's, you know, Notion or Confluence or or something where there's a centralized repository of information, we use that for documenting processes, for linking to marketing resources and sales resources. We use it for training videos, for sharing things internally. We also use that same centralized repository for tracking progress against KPIs and OKRs. So... Everything centralized and very transparent. That's where I am after two and a half years. There's nothing wrong with starting with a spreadsheet at the beginning. But once you know what good is, define that, then train the people, then have the, the tooling to back it up.
0: I have one last question for you because you talk about processes and tooling. Do you have a customer success operations person or a designated CSOPS person, I should say,
1: we have recently hired RevOps. So you're and- going to share
0: the RevOps person is going to do a hybrid role between CS and RevOps. Yes,
1: that's correct. Yeah, that's that's a, it's a shared resource right now. So a lot of the tooling setup was done either by myself or or by someone else in the business, which is good enough for when you're setting it up and you're you're scrappy and there's just maybe one or two people in your team. But once you get to a, a level of maturity like this, having RevOps is a, is a godsend. And it's great to have someone who knows what they're doing in Salesforce or in some of our other CRMs to make sure it's configured. Again, for the beginning, I'd say it was a do what you can with my level of knowledge. But But now, yes, we do have a dedicated person.
0: Well, congratulations. Even a half a resource is something, so. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, it is. It is great. It's much appreciated.
0: Well, this was fantastic. I really want to appreciate you for coming onto the CSM Practice channel and sharing all of your expertise and experience and what led you essentially to win the Customer Success Excellence Award for 2022 in EMEA. What a, a great accomplishment and I clearly understand why you won, and I want to congratulate you for doing that. I think it's an accolade for everything you stand for and your methodological approach to things. I'm glad we were able to celebrate it with you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted about it. I'm glad to be able to talk about it.